0: Welcome
1: to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the
2: podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And today we are going to swear. This is going to be the most swearing podcast in the history of Stuff Mom Never Told You, bitches. That's right. I got it out of the way. Yeah, get out of the way. We're not swearing just willy nilly. We're we're very specifically swearing. Yes, because this episode is all about the word bitch, and we figured since we have cited Bitch Magazine so many times on the podcast, we can say bitch. We we have said we we've done the whole it rhymes with a witch thing so many times mm-hmm. on the podcast, but you know what? Where we can say it now? Yeah, I mean, if people can say it on evening television shows, yeah, then, then so can we. This is a prime time podcast. <laughs> it is. So one of the reasons why we've been thinking about bitch and bitches, which I, by the way, Caroline, I feel kind of a little bit naughty saying it <laughs> already so many times on the podcast. And hey, if anyone wants to. Go ahead and make it a drinking game. Um, because yeah. we're going to say bitch a lot. Uh, and it, speaking of drinking games, it would be preferable if it's a pumpkin spice latte drinking game. Because the reason we have really been thinking about it is because of the basic bitch. She has brought bitch back into the forefront of our pop cultural vernacular. She, but she's not such a new bitch in town, but now we just have a label for her.
3: Yeah, I was actually I, I feel like I've said this on the podcast before, but I'm so far removed from like pop culture stuff of the day. So I actually did not hear the term basic bitch until I was perusing Twitter one day. And somebody pointed out that Marie Claire had called out Lauren Conrad for being a basic bitch. And I was like, I what? I don't know why is everyone upset what's happening. So I went to Marie Claire, saw this division, because uh, at first I was like, well, do they just have a problem with her? Like, what's the issue? It was an entire section of Marie Claire dedicated to talking about types of women that they didn't like. And there were all different types of women who were stupid or you would want to avoid for various reasons. But the basic bitch was one of them, and Lauren Conrad was their poster child. I do agree
2: that Lauren Conrad is basic, but it's kind of funny that LC from Laguna Beach, um, if anyone watched that back in high school like I did, uh, that she is sort of a poster child for the basic bitch because... Basic bitches really got their start in hip hop. Um, it's first mentioned in Urban Dictionary appeared in 2010, and it was more a thing of, uh, dudes talking about basic bitches as like women they would not want to go out with. Maybe they'd have sex with them. I don't know, but they w- surely wouldn't tell anyone about them. But then it was really, uh, Crayshon in 2011 with her hit Gucci Gucci that brought Basic Bitch into the mainstream. Cause she raps all about how she doesn't like basic bitches. Cause they just wear what they think they should, like Gucci.
3: But, but I mean, like I just like to, to bring myself up again because I like how this song came out in 2011, Kristen. And it took until toward the end of 2014 for me to be like, Oh, that's a thing. Caroline, I don't
2: know if that makes you basic <laughs> or something beyond basic. <laughs> I'm a triple B. So today, a few years down the line, basic bitches could be defined by the people who use the term basic bitches. Okay, so keep that in mind. As women who enjoy mediocre things, and mediocre in the sense of, you know, what these cooler people who can even label other people as basic would consider mediocre, such as on-trend retail fashions, particularly Starbucks pumpkin spice lattes, and... Just general pop culture, especially Taylor Swift. I mean, she's, she's Lauren Conrad. I mean, that sort of, that sort of sums it up. But I gotta say though, when it comes to the basic bitch, her, her calling cards are the, the lattes, also yoga pants, peeplum tops, the color pink, long hair, enjoying sex in this city, all of which, Caroline, I'm going to admit right now, those are things present in my life that I do enjoy. Um, yeah, I wear a peeplum, people. I do. All right. Do I feel a little strange about it sometimes? Cause it is like wearing a tiny dress that comes down to your hip bones. Yes. Um, <laughs> but on top of that, there's also, and this is my, my favorite aspect of. Basic bitchery is a uh, Marilyn Monroe quotes Marilyn Monroe probably never said. So it just starts to get a little snarky. It's really yeah. getting snarky.
3: It's it's super snark. And uh, w- while I was surprised at the meanness with which Marie Claire treated Lauren Conrad, I do appreciate snark. I just you know have to roll my eyes at some of this sometimes. But Noreen Malone over at The Cut was writing about how this whole basic bitch thing is actually a misogynistic insult that serves to uphold a male hierarchy of culture. Because when you look at the hallmarks of this basic bitch character, it's really kind of revolving around an unabashed femininity in a lot of ways.
2: Yeah, because basic bitches are proud of loving Taylor Swift. They'll listen to Shake It Off without their headphones on. And they <laughs> won't care. Uh-huh. Uh, they won't care about all of the pumpkin spice jokes that roll around every single fall now. Um, and she Malone writes, it's all enough to make you wonder if what people are actually really interested in is permission to use the noun and not the adjective. Because she goes on to say, I mean, at least a basic bitch would just call a bitch a bitch and not have to qualify it in this kind of way. Um... But I I think it's an interesting jumping off point for this conversation about bitch, because to me, it represents how far this word has come to the point that there are even subcategories of bitches and it. Yeah. But even still, just by virtue of using it, even if it is kind of in a tongue in cheek, snarky sort of way, Mm -hmm. there are. Is always the reservation of, oh, well, is this ultimately just a horribly misogynistic term that is harmful to women?
3: Yeah, I mean, one commenter on that uh, article from Noreen Malone pointed out that denoting the basic bitch, like, well, denoting the super average woman as a basic bitch is the same thing as calling a super average sports loving guy a bro. Right. That it's just the equivalent. But of course, you know, bro isn't using any type of loaded, historically loaded term like basic bitches.
2: Well, and there's a, an interesting thing, too, about the bro in that I think bros genuinely embrace their brodom. Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, basic bitches, well, I guess they are coming to the point of. Embracing being basic. They might be embracing
3: those things like Taylor Swift and yoga pants. But are they embracing the term? Do they know
2: they are basic bitches? Uh, According to my YouTube search, (laughs) uh, they do. I think that I think that some do wear it as a badge of pride, which only adds another layer of fascination to me for this whole word. Bitch. So let's step away from the basic bitch because she's got to get to yoga anyway. Um, this all leads us up to the question of whether bitch is reclaimable and empowering because as I said at the top of the podcast, we often have cited Bitch Magazine, which is a super feminist publication, um, or is it always ultimately insulting, which isn't so easy to answer because bitch today has so many different meanings it can be a noun it can be a verb it can be an adjective
3: yeah so some of the meanings i mean we could just list these for a while because i feel like it's it's so multifaceted but maybe you're a lewd malicious or irritating woman maybe you are just a strong assertive independent woman that's right Uh maybe you're using the word for your best friend as a term of endearment. Maybe you're calling a man that you consider to be a wuss. I don't like that one. A bitch. Yeah. Uh it could be a verb, you could be complaining, you know, bitching. Uh you could be wimping out, so you're you're gonna bitch out. It could be you're
2: surfing and that is just bitching. That's right. So where did this word come from? Uh thankfully we have a wonderful history or bit, bitch story. That really doesn't work. Um, this is coming from Claire Blaley's excellent essay, Bitch, a History, with some help from an encyclopedia of swearing by Jeffrey Hughes. And fun fact, people, it has the longest history among animal terms, as an insult. Yeah, I super enjoyed reading the history
3: and the evolution of this word. If you look back into the 14th century, it originated as a slur referencing promiscuous or sensual women, because, of course, it referenced a female dog, a bitch in heat. But it was more of a
2: male-gendered insult at the time. Yeah, it was likely derived as an insult from the connection between... The goddess Diana, or Artemis, and her hunting dogs. And it resulted from a Christian attempt to, quote, suppress the sacred feminine and deter pagan followers of Diana. What? I had no idea. Yeah, so many
3: layers. Before bitch was bitch, ancient Greeks and Romans compared women to dogs in heat as a sexist slur already. And so even before you had the word for it, women were already being compared to sort of crazy, out of control, uh, sexually promiscuous animals. Golden retrievers. Hmm. Well, so, yeah, and then you have the old English word for it, which was derived itself from the Norse word for female dogs. So... Yeah, you you never quite get away from comparing women to out-of-control animals. But, you know, we mentioned a second ago that even though it focused on sexually promiscuous women and dogs that were in heat, it was more of a male-focused insult. And that's because of the term son of a bitch, because that originated to ridicule the spiritual pagans who worshipped the quote-unquote bitch goddess Diana, who herself sometimes would turn into a dog along with her dogs, and it evolved to mean a hateful man.
2: Yeah, Shakespeare actually uses it only as a male-directed insult in his writings. And what worse, though, could a man be than to be compared to a dirty female animal?
3: Yeah, obviously, this man that you're referring to came from questionable, dirty origins.
2: So so in the 18th century, it really began to develop into being a female-targeted insult, almost exclusively. So, for instance, in 1785, the classical dictionary of the modern tongue described it as the most offensive appellation that can be given to an English woman even more provoking than that
3: of a whore. Yeah. And of course, this forces poor dog people to find different names for their female dogs. So, you know, it's although, you know, dog people still definitely call female dogs bitches. I can say this. A friend of mine, uh, his mother is super duper dog person, but it forced dog people to use euphemisms like dog ass. Lady Dog, She-Dog, and Puppy's Mother. Although, of course, terms like that still infiltrated insults for women and men who came from questionable origins.
2: Yeah, uh, and it's in the 1920s, Blaley writes that the rise of the use of bitch to insult women really begins. And she notes that it's probably not a coincidence that this is happening right around the passage of the 19th Amendment, when women get the vote, enfranchisement is happening. Um, so, for instance, in 1915, the use of bitch in literature is exclusively limited to dog references. And this is based off a Google Ingram search that uh, Bailey conducted. Um, so looking at all sorts of books. But then just 15 years later, in 1930, references to bitch as an insult to women outnumber the canine references.
3: It's almost as if people were eager for a way to really insult women. Yeah. Mm. But so if you are looking at different uses of it and different connotations, in 1957, that's when we get the surfer slang bitchin' for awesome. Because one of our sources, I think it was the encyclopedia, was talking about how... Different slurs and slang words and curse words have different meanings and connotations in different cultures. Like the same way that bloody is awful in the UK, but means absolutely nothing here. And all of our
2: British listeners just turned off the podcast. Clutch your pearls. In horror. Uh, well, in the 1960s, there was a reclamation of bitch along with second wave. Feminism, um, in general, its use was pretty steady until about 1965 when its use shot up. And just for a little bit of context, The Feminine Mystique by Betty Friedan was published in 1963, the seminal second wave text. And it was also the final report of the Presidential Commission on the Status of Women, which came out in 1965 as well. And then three years later, in 1968, uh, leading second-wave feminist Jo Freeman publishes this incredible document called The Bitch Manifesto. And BITCH is in all caps because uh, she wants it to denote an organization that has yet to be developed, but she really devotes the paper to talking about what a bitch is. It's an incredible read.
3: I was sort of blown over by it. Um She writes, basically she's talking in the context of the idea that that is so pervasive in our culture that humanity is male, whereas female is other. So basically gender equals female in a lot of cases. But she writes that bitches refuse to serve, honor, or obey anyone. They demand to be fully functioning human beings, not just shadows. They want to be
2: both female and human. And one of the things she notes, too, uh, in her very detailed description of bitches is how Uh, They tend to make people uncomfortable because of an inherent androgyny of not being fully female in the sense of like playing up that feminine gender performance to the nth degree, while also embracing some of that masculine gender performance in the sense of being abrasive and assertive Mm -hmm. and independent. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, so when
3: we get into the 1990s, there is a further feminist reclamation of the word bitch, along with its use in hip hop. In 1996, for instance, we see the first publishing of Bitch Magazine, which we do cite so often in the podcast. And they were very clear that they definitely purposely chose that name to reclaim
2: the word. But also at this time, it's not being used just as a word for feminists like the publishers of bitch who are really seeking to reclaim it in that sense that Joe Freeman outlines in 1968. But it's also taking on a new level of self-labeling among women, not to denote outsider status or not being uh, thrown at women In order to force them into outsider status linguistically, but also being just claimed by women who want to be thought of as strong and independent, who are still shopping at Bloomingdale's perhaps and socializing. They're just, they're just bitches.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Suddenly it's more normalized almost that, you know, you're not just what society considers an angry feminist suddenly you're just, you know, you can embrace the word, too, as some woman who's not considered a radical.
2: So those were the original basic bitches. Yeah, I would think so. That sounds like it. Um, also, this is when it's starting to get a lot more attention from critics of gangster rap in particular, uh, because, obviously, uh, the use of bitch in rap is something that's been talked about a lot in terms of how rap and hip-hop uh, talk about and treat women and also involve descriptions of violence toward women, because a lot of times in uh, when it's men rapping about bitches, it is usually pretty violent and very sexually explicit, or it's an angry uh, use of bitch in the sense of a woman who will not offer herself sexually to a man. But two, and we'll get into this a little bit more um, in just a minute Female MCs are also, though, using bitch in similar and also different ways in rap as well at the time. Well so then it's when we get into the two thousands, the aughts
3: that we see bitch used in a couple different ways. Um, it's being used a lot more as a term for a wimpy, feminized man. But also women are using it self-referentially and among their friends. And of course, we can't forget the Britney Spears song after she returned from her mental breakdown, where she announces herself by saying, it's Britney,
2: bitch. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back to
4: talk about the rise of bitch on television. This episode is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to
5: hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over six million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs
4: Snagajob is the
5: partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
0: Can I rant for a sec? Please. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit tomboyx.com to shop.
3: And now back to the show.
2: So when we left off, it was the 2000s. Brittany was back, bitch. And it was on the rise on TV. As well. In fact, the New York Times reported that its use tripled from 431 uses on 103 primetime shows in 1998 to almost 1300 uses on 685 shows in 2007. So bitches are everywhere on TV. What's going on with that? Well, basically, the
3: court helped out a little bit in 2011. The Second Circuit Court of Appeals nipped the FCC's regulatory powers against "quote unquote" fleeting expletives, and this unleashed a whole ton of bitches. This is according to the LA Times, um, because they weren't—they still weren't going to use the F word. They're still not going to use the C word. But bitch is in that happy medium.
2: Yeah. um, The L.A. Times writer described bitch as, quote, a hardworking multitasker, happy to switch from noun to verb, pejorative to endearment, even female to male with the flip of an inflection. So it's not surprising that the B word is tossed about with the most abandoned in comedies, often, though not exclusively, those written by women. But, of course, there's the issue
3: of the majority of showrunners and writers and producers and uh, executives still being men. And so there's the debate there of, well, is this really a woman-driven trend or is this just more male writers finding ways to work in pejorative words?
1: Well, I also
2: thought it was interesting that bitch is considered such a funny word. I mean, mm-hmm. it's very much a punchline in the way that other words that we can't say on this podcast right now are maybe harder to make light of cuz mm-hmm. they're so they're so harsh almost all the time but by the time we get into when was that second court uh decision in 2011 by that point bitch has taken on so many different meanings whereas a lot of other of uh, you know George Carlin's seven words you can't say are far more inflexible um but the Rise of bitch and use of bitch in music is also interesting to look at because uh, most of the focus has been on rap and hip hop. But if you go all the way back to early R&B and even outlaw country music, it shows up in there as well.
3: Yeah, we have Jelly Roll Morton, who sang some saltier songs containing the word bitch, partly as a way to masculinize himself away from the image of the feminine piano player in New Orleans, because a lot of piano players in New Orleans at the time were women. Um, and, you know, some female contemporaries of his were doing the same thing using that word. But when we look at the contemporary music scene, and we've talked about hip-hop getting a lot of heat using the word bitch, but it's important to remember that a lot of female Rappers use the word "bitch" and also wear the word with pride.
2: Yeah, so you have just two examples of Lil Kim calling herself Queen Bitch, and more recently Nicki Minaj as the Baddest Bitch. Because there is, I mean, that's just another one of its manifold meanings. Of yeah, I'm a bitch. I'm I'm the top. I'm the top dog. I'm the top dogess, if you will. Um, but what was really fascinating was how in 2012. Lupe Fiasco releases this single um, called Bitch Bad that got a lot of people talking about the use of bitch in hip-hop because in the song, he attempts to break down hip-hop's bitch problem. And he talks about how, like, bitch is bad and ladies better. And he, though, ends up coming across kind of blaming women for it, especially the way it's set up in the music video where it's, um, a girl hearing her mom use the word bitch rather than really focusing on how men often use it to refer to women in the more inflexible way of being a difficult woman. Um, but I got to give him props, though, for at least trying. I mean, and he, and he said that, too. He's like, I mean, I'm starting a conversation about it. This clearly needs to be talked about.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, but wasn't it right after that that Kanye West made a song for Kim
2: Kardashian yeah. calling her the perfect bitch? Yeah, yeah. But again, though, I mean, like, and we could also at this point mention how uh, with Beyonce, mm-hmm. the fact that in her song Flawless, the the hook is Bow Down Bitches. That is often thrown out as, um, some people's rationale for not believing when she calls herself a feminist because how could she use the term bitch? Oh, bitch mm. is complicated, Caroline. Bitch is complicated and it's so loaded. It's such a loaded term. Yeah. Because it, I mean, it could really mean anything. If you write bitch in Sharpie, on a piece of paper and just hand it to someone and ask them what it means, it could be so many different things. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, we ha- obviously have to
3: look at the gender divide and, and what's going on there in terms of the use of the word. Um, Timothy Jay's book, Cursing in America, found that bitch is the number one curse word used by women, but it's number six for men.
2: Which is really interesting that women use it I would say so much more often than men, but it might be because when men use it, it rarely tends to be complimentary because between women, bitch can be sort of, uh, an in-group term of affection. Whereas I think it is understandably, and this kind of came up too in our conversation about lady. Uh-huh. Um, there, there are a lot of parallels actually between these two words and in the question of reclamation but I think it's a lot more challenging for a guy to walk say into his, you know, the break room of the workplace and see a group of female coworkers and say, Hey bitches. And it, not make a record scratch.
3: Well, then, I mean, that gets into issues of sexuality and sexual orientation and the way that you identify and the way that other people identify you. Because I have heard gay male friends use it both for women and for other gay male friends. And nobody bats an eyelash. But yeah, like you said, if if the straight man were to walk in the room with a bunch of women and say it, I
2: think there would just like you could
3: hear a pin drop. "Uh,
2: What do you you mean by that? Um, Because a lot of times when it is directed at a woman particularly by let's say a straight dude it usually is that harsher sort of original bitch of describing a woman acting against the expectations of her feminine role whereas when it's directed when it's guys directing it at other guys especially like straight guys to straight guys um, or straight guys to gay guys it's usually subordinating. There's actually a 2005 New York Times article on the rise of, quote, little bitch and the male-directed bitch, um, which really started with the HBO show Oz, which started in uh, 1997, because that gets into the prison lingo and uh, male prisoners being other male prisoners, little bitches.
3: Yeah, and then it's interesting to see the way that characters on television, but I mean, also culturally kind of distance themselves from any threat of perceived homoeroticism Um, in the paper reclaiming critical analysis, the social harms of bitch. The writer says that even with the let's hug it out, bitch quote on entourage, the word bitch is a tool for distancing themselves from homoeroticism. In other words, when men are doing something like hugging it out. When you throw that word in there, it's like, oh, you know, we're just
2: we're all just kidding. Yeah, I'm going to hug you. I don't want to kiss you. Yeah. So don't get it twisted. Which reminds me of this quote from that 2005 New York Times article saying the word that once defined a misogynistic double standard. If a man is asserted, he's called ambitious. If a woman is assertive, she's a bitch now defines another. If a woman's called a bitch, she's powerful, formidable. A winner, but if a man's called a bitch, he's shamefully weak. And she also cited, uh, the premiere of the classic teen drama primetime show, The OC, in which, uh, bitch is the the main character. I forget his name right now, but I can remember his brooding glance. Uh, he's called bitch twice. Mm -hmm. And I think Misha Barton's character, like at the end of it is like, welcome to the OC, bitch. And thus it begins.
3: Uh, well, yeah, but so then when we look at women's use of it, you're right. It is all over the place in terms of the way we use it. So it makes sense that it's our number one curse word and not for men. But it can be a, a, a term of endearment. I mean, I remember my freshman roommate in college. That's how she referred to all of her close female friends. And I started doing it, too, because, you know, I was like, oh, well, which we, this is great. We're friends. And then after uh, we moved out, I was like, why did I ever do that? I never liked it. I did not like the use of as like a term for my friends. But I mean, it can be everything from that friendly term of endearment to a feminist statement to com- referring to someone as angry or misogynistic.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, clearly, as we mentioned with, uh, Joe Freeman's Bitch Manifesto in 1968 and also the magazine now, Bitch, there is a close relationship between this word and feminism. Um, and speaking about the use of Bitch as their intentional title, um, for Bitch Magazine, uh, The magazine's co-founder, Andy Ziesler, wrote in the Washington Post, Let's not be disingenuous. Is it a bad word? Of course it is. As a culture, we've done everything possible to make sure of that, starting with a constantly perpetuated mindset that deems powerful women to be scary, angry, and, of course, unfeminine, and sees uncompromising speech by women as anathema to a tidy, well-run world. And she goes on to say, as Joe Freeman also said... To be called a bitch is ultimately a compliment, even if in those cases they say, even if you're labeled a bitch from someone who means it as you are being an angry, unpleasant woman who is acting out.
3: Yeah. And Joe Freeman, I think, definitely would not have appreciated or approved of. Today's Basic Bitches, as we think of them in pop culture. She describes a bitch as being a revolutionary. These are the women who helped us get the vote. These are the women who first went to college. You know, these are the women who have led the feminist movement and risen to the top of Fortune 500 companies. Um, so, you know, she absolutely thinks that it is a positive term because it's a positive concept.
2: Yeah, but not everybody... Agrees. Not surprisingly, um, uh, we cited just a minute ago the paper reclaiming critical analysis, the social harms of bitch by Cheryl Kleinman, Matthew B. Ezel and a Corey Frost. And in it, they argue that bitch cannot be effectively reclaimed because of its inherently misogynistic baggage, which reminds me so much, Caroline, of our podcast on the word lady, because there are a lot of people, especially older women from second, the second wave era, which is kind of ironic, who want nothing to do with lady whatsoever because of its baggage. Yeah, it has
3: so much baggage. It meant something very, very different to to their generation and the generations before. And so, yeah, it is interesting to draw those parallels with the word bitch, especially when you have so many women who call their friends bitch or who claim the word for themselves, just meaning like, yeah, I'm strong and no, I'm not going to take a backseat. Well, so these writers basically argue that any use of the word bitch hurts women. They say that when women are calling themselves bitch, it's just donning what they refer to as an honorary man status instead of pushing any actual gender equity forward. They say it's not part of a movement like feminism is. Self-identifying as a bitch means you're no threat. It's that whole idea of like women policing themselves, women doing men's jobs in policing other women. And they said that, uh, you know, if feminists want some empowering label
2: to use to describe themselves, why don't they just call themselves feminists? To which I said, well, maybe because other people refer to feminists inherently as bitches. Mm -hmm. So, like, I, I definitely see what they're saying. I mean, they say, quote, unlike the term feminist, which is tied to a movement for social change, bitch provides women only with false power, challenging neither men nor patriarchy. But to me, this also it seems like nothing can be reclaimed i mean what about the word queer which in a lot of ways has absolutely been reclaimed from a very harmful slur that also has you know a a lot of baggage past baggage tied to that but it has been successfully reclaimed
3: yeah and i mean talking about that i mentioned the honorary man status they they're claiming that young women are finding the use of the word cool because it's slang used by men. It's a tool of the patriarchy. And so basically women who use the word to self-describe are delusional and don't know that they're being oppressed. But see, I also
2: think, like, do you think, though, that women in a lot of ways... Especially in the sense of how we sometimes use it casually among ourselves, as in like, like in group speech among like groups of women and our friends, that we have repurposed it because we kind of say it sometimes in different ways than men do. Like our definitions mm-hmm. of bitch. It's so much more flexible. Exactly. I mean, I do, I think you have to watch it. Like, <laughs> uh, being called a bitch, as in like the harsh bitch, is still I mean, that's, that's a hard thing to be called. I am not immune to being called a bitch. And yes, I have been called a bitch. No surprise. Um, and saying it, I and mean, when I have caught myself saying it mm-hmm. in the same way, I mean, it's, um, it's one of the most insulting things I can think of.
3: Yeah. I have actually just in the short time since we were researching for this podcast and coming into the studio today, I have caught myself thinking that about another woman, like, Oh God, she's a, Bitch. Caroline, are you trying to tell me something? (laughs) But like literally stopping myself and being like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean? Did she just make you angry or did she do something that a man would have done and you would have just rolled your eyes at it? If a man had done it, but because a woman's doing it, you think she's a bitch. So I've, I've had a lot of interesting conversations
2: with myself on the toilet as I've thought about stuff this week, but also fascinating too, though, that if you were thinking that about a man, it would have also had a different meaning. Yeah. I think the gender stuff with it too is so fascinating as well. Um, so I don't, I mean, honestly, I don't have a clear cut. Um, <laughs> some clear-cut ethical guide to bitch, if that makes sense. I, part of me likes it. Part of me see sees how it's hurtful. I think basic bitch is part hilarious. And also I see what Noreen Malone points out of, well, what are we really talking about when we talk about basic bitches? Um, I don't know. Lady was an easier one. Lady, I could say, yep, I'm fine with lady. Yeah. But bitch, uh, what do you think, Caroline?
3: Um, I think, well, kind of
2: like what I was just saying, I, I think that
3: I have caught myself using it in so many different ways. I personally am not comfortable calling other women, like as a term of endearment, I'm not comfortable with that. Um, I don't like it and I don't want other women to call me like, hey, bitch, because I mean, I just don't like it. I have caught myself thinking about a male acquaintance of mine who is, uh, he's rather on the uh, stormy, tumultuous, moody side. And I have caught myself thinking about him as a bitch. And, and then I'm just like, oh, my God, the layers, my brain is exploding. What does it all mean? Because... You know, what well, then what does that say about me? What does that say about stereotypical perceptions of
2: women and then the use of the term for a guy who's moody? I just, you know. Yeah. I, and Joe Freeman's essay certainly made me think twice about how sensitive I have been to being called a bitch as an insult. You know, like, well, why why don't I take it as a compliment? Well, because sometimes maybe I am just a bitch. <laughs> And that's not pleasant. Well, we could go around and around and around with this. But now we need to hear from our listeners. Help us figure this out. What is the status of bitch? Let us know. Momstuff at HowStuffWorks.com is our email address. You can also tweet us at Podcast or message us on Facebook. And we've got a couple of Facebook
4: messages to share with you when we come right back from a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Snagajob.
0: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.
1: A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then, fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton: The Official Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. And now back to the show.
3: Okay, I have a letter here from Petra from Toronto. Uh, She says, I know in one of your recent podcasts you mentioned doing an episode on female arm hair. I would like to encourage you to do that because arm hair is a subject I feel very conflicted about. As a matter of fact, I'm waiting right now for the wax to heat up so that my mom can help me wax my arms. I've always been a very hairy girl and it's caused me great embarrassment in my teenage years. I've done everything under the sun to try to get rid of my hair, arm hair included, from simply shaving to getting laser hair removal treatments. I've resorted to waxing because it's cheaper than laser and doesn't leave the equally embarrassing stubble that shaving does. In my teenage years, I never thought twice about any feminist implications of getting rid of my arm hair. It was something that had to be done because I was so much hairier than the other girls and I didn't want people to think I was gross. Now, I still feel disgusted by my arm hair, even though I think critically about beauty standards imposed on women and often wonder why I feel so strongly that I need to do this, whereas my brother doesn't. I know it's my choice whether to remove the hair, but I wish it felt like a fair one. Thanks for your time. Love
2: your work. and Thank you, Petra. Well, I've got a Facebook message here from Morgan who writes, I just discovered your podcast and am hooked. I was scrolling through the recent ones and just listened to the Seafaring Ladies episode. Her deepness, Sylvia Earle, comes up at the end, and you asked about oceanographers and marine biologists who know Dr. Earle. While I don't personally know her, I wish. I am a marine biology master's student in San Francisco, and I've met and seen her a couple times. The first time she was giving a short talk as part of the America's Cup Healthy Oceans Project in summer 2013. I actually got the privilege to meet her, do some small talk, and get my picture taken. And I can say that just being that close to her felt unreal because I couldn't help but think how much this person has impacted women in the marine sciences and science in general. And then thinking that she had actually lived on the ocean floor. I mean, what? What? Touching her made me feel almost like I was on one of her incredible ocean adventures for just an infinitesimal amount of time. Totally surreal moment. Thanks for creating great podcasts and talking about really interesting stuff. Well, thank you, Morgan. And thanks to everybody who's written to us. stuff at HowStuffWorks.com is our email address. And for links to all of our social media, as well as all of our blogs, videos, and podcasts, including this one, with links to our sources so you too can read up on the history of bitch. Head on over to Stuff Mom Never You.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.
5: This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC.
0: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop.
1: A new season of Bridgerton is here.